There's an important spiritual practice that you might be overlooking, lots of people are, but this one little thing can bring you a lot of peace. And I know you and me both could use more peace. Hey friends, I'm Mark Alanchelski, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. This is episode 13, the spiritual practice of minding your own damn business. So I've got this book out in the world. It came out about 18 months ago. It's called The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Power and Purpose of Your Emotions. It's all about how important emotions are in our life and our faith, and how we can't grow spiritually if we're not growing emotionally. Now, the audiobook is going to be coming out in just a few weeks. I'm really excited about this. But this podcast isn't about the book or the audiobook. It's about a painful lesson I learned when the book went live on Amazon back at the very beginning. Now, you may not know this, but when you've got a book on Amazon, they give you this special little dashboard that shows your book's progress. Sounds neat, right? Well, at one point on the day the book went live, it was ranked 32 in the top 100 books for its category. Top 100 books in all of Amazon in its category, 32. Well, what that really means is that for that particular one hour period, my book was selling more frequently than all the other books in its category all the other books except for 31, I'm not so sure it's healthy knowing that. Because of course, naturally, I wanted to know what those other 31 books were. And I looked. And I may or may not have thought that some of those books were junk and had no business selling more frequently than my book. I may or may not have felt a little indignant. Well, that handy little dashboard updates every single hour. So all day long on the day that the book came out originally, and then in many weeks to come, I got to fight with myself over this crazy urge to keep checking the number. And what comes along with that urge? Well, feelings. Feelings that can be so easily turned into meaning. If the book rose higher in the lists, that felt good. Like it sort of felt like maybe I'm a great author and maybe my book's gonna change the world. And then, when the book fell lower on the lists, that brought feelings too. Disappointment. Sometimes the feelings grew and they sort of took on the tone of, oh man, maybe I'm a hack. Maybe no one actually loves me. It's crazy. All this emotional upheaval came just because of this one little number that Amazon gave me to look at. One little number that gave a tangible, concrete representation of a comparison between my book and a bunch of other books. Now, you might not have a book on Amazon, but I know something about you, about us really. So much of our frustration and unhappiness comes from this urge that we have, this tendency we have to compare. We compare ourselves in so many ways, right? We look at the people around us in the same way that I was looking at my book numbers, right? How are we doing financially in comparison to them? How are we doing in our career path? I mean, we went to college in the same year. Are they further along than, than I am? We compare our homes, our kids' schools, the size and shape of our bodies. We compare our values and our religion against other people's values and religion. We all do this, right? I mean, I do it. I don't think we can avoid it. I mean, it's a normal functioning part of our brain to notice differences. It's just not healthy 
for us to gain value or security or identity from these comparisons. Worst of all, comparing ourselves to others is terrible for our spiritual journey. Near the end of John's Gospel, there's a strange little interaction between Jesus and Peter. So this is after the trial, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. Jesus meets with some of the disciples on a beach, and he has this conversation with Peter. Now, Peter had blown it big back at the trial when Peter denied Jesus, right? He turned on him. He, he betrayed all of his commitments. But there on the beach, Jesus met with Peter, looked him in the face, forgave him, restored their relationship. It was an amazing moment. But then Jesus made this little comment about Peter's future. You can read the whole thing in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 17 to 22. The comment Jesus made isn't the important part. It's what Peter did. So Peter's standing there in front of Jesus, and Jesus gives him this little personal revelation about his future. And what does Peter do? Does he ask for more information? Does he ask for guidance? Does he ask Jesus what he ought to do? No, none of that, none of that. Peter said, okay, what about that guy? Peter's first thought when Jesus told him about his future was to ask about somebody else's spiritual journey, somebody else, the last thing Peter should have been thinking about. And Jesus' response to Peter was a little bit of a pushback. He said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. That brief comment from Jesus is a key to spiritual development. It is a crucial spiritual practice. It will change your life. The spiritual practice of minding your own damn business. What is that to you? As for you, follow me. Now, it sounds easy. It doesn't even sound that spiritual, really. Well, let me tell you. This is not easy. So many things are easier and way more fun than the spiritual practice of minding your own business. It's, um, it's easier to wonder and gossip about someone else's marriage than it is to invest in your own. It's easier to criticize someone else's theology than it is to carefully examine your own assumptions. It's easier to condemn the failures of someone else's religion than it is to acknowledge the skeletons in your own tribe's closet. See, stuff like this is easier because when I'm focused on the spiritual journey of other people, I don't have to deal with my own. I get to have opinions, which feels really good. I get to take positions and make declarations, but I don't have to actually do anything. See, here's the trick. The very act of comparing feels like an accomplishment. See, look, look how mature and spiritual and right I am. Look, I'm not like that person. I don't uh, say racist things like that person. I don't hold that ridiculous theology. I don't read the Bible in that way. I've not made those terrible life choices. See, see how okay I am? But comparison, comparison is poison because it makes you feel good, but keeps you from growing at all. As long as I'm focused on them, I'm not required to change. I don't have to listen to what God might be saying specifically to me about my life or my group or my church. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should be aloof and disconnected from those around us. I'm certainly not saying we shouldn't be engaged in social issues or political issues. I'm not saying other people's actions and beliefs don't matter. None of that. I'm just saying that if you and I want to grow, comparison gets in our way. If you want to connect more with God, Comparison is not going to open that door. 
When you see someone else who's doing things differently than you, or believes differently from you, or reads the Bible differently from you, or maybe just seems like they're getting an easier path in life than you're getting, if you listen closely, you might hear your heart complaining. Well, what about, what about her? What about him? And in that moment, you need to remember Jesus' words. What is that to you? You follow me. When you're offended or put out or convinced that someone else is whatever, a heretic or a sinner or getting an unfair advantage, just remember Jesus' words. What is that to you? You follow me. There's this old uh, preacher, an 18th century Presbyterian pastor named Matthew Henry. He said this, If we will closely attend to the duty of following Christ, we shall find neither heart nor time to meddle with that which does not belong to us. I love that. How much of our time and energy, honestly, is tied up meddling in that which does not belong to us? Worrying about other people, worrying about what they're doing, worrying about what they think of us. We've got to stop. We've got to stop meddling. None of that belongs to us. You and I are invited to a path of spiritual growth. That is what I mean when I talk about following Jesus or maturing in Christ. You and I, each of us personally, we have that invitation. Will we allow our thoughts and feelings and actions to become more mature? Will we let our relationships and business practices and even political views be shaped by the character of Christ? This is our call to spiritual maturity. And it doesn't include meddling in other people's journey at all. Now, in one way, this gives us enormous freedom. You see, we don't have to carry that heavy burden of managing other people's spiritual lives. It's not our job to challenge them on every moral or theological deficiency. We can just set that down. It doesn't belong to us. It's not our burden. In another way, this is the most challenging thing there is. You and I are accountable for our journey, our relationship with God, the way we act and live and think us. We're responsible for that. Every moment of our lives is an opportunity to respond to the motion of the Spirit. It's way easier focusing on someone else's deficiencies. Being present to the work of Christ in me, it takes listening. It takes non-defensive self-reflection. It takes courage. It takes obedience. When Peter, when Peter heard Jesus talk about his life and immediately said, well, what about that guy? Jesus called him back to this path. No, no, no. Not him. Not her. What is that to you? You follow me. May you experience the profound freedom of not needing to manage the spiritual lives of other people. May you hear Jesus' invitation to focus on your own journey and grow. Thanks for listening. Now, I mentioned at the very beginning that uh, about 18 months ago, I had this dream come true. I had the privilege of having this little book about emotion and faith become a real thing. You can actually buy it in bookstores. That's so amazing to me. Well, today I am so excited to tell you that the audiobook for The Wisdom of Your Heart is completed. It is in the final quality control phases, and it's going to be available in just a few weeks. Right now, we're planning that it's going to be available at the end of March. And so that means the next few podcast episodes are going to focus on this important part of our inner life, our emotional life, and how it ties up with our personal maturity and spiritual maturity and some practical ways we can grow and stretch in this area. Now, I've got one request. If you're one of those folks who lives on social media, 
and you'd like to be a part of helping spread the message about the wisdom of your heart and the new audiobook that's out, I have room on my launch team. Now this is just a short commitment. It's six weeks, starting the beginning of March, going through the first two weeks of April. And there are a variety of easy ways that you can help get the word out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I've got graphics that are all prepared. I've got uh, content that you can work with. I would love to have your help. If you've read this book and it's been meaningful to you, if you believe in the message that emotional maturity and emotional discipleship is crucial, if you are a supporter of me and you just want to help this stuff go farther, join the launch team. Email me at mark at markallenshelsky.com. The email address will be uh, on the screen for the YouTube version, and it will be in the notes for the podcast. Email me and say, I want in, I want to be on the launch team, and I'll get you connected. I would love your help being a part of getting the word out about this book and this message. Now, if you like what you're hearing in my podcast, you can bring it to your people live. I'm now scheduling speaking engagements through the end of 2019, and I'd be thrilled to come speak at your church, your retreat, your school, your nonprofit. I talk about practical spiritual growth, just like this podcast, and I also talk about emotional discipleship, where we learn how to grow up emotionally and hear God's wisdom in this very important part of our lives. If you'd like to check my availability or look at topics that I do, uh, there's a link in the show notes that can get the conversation started. Also, if you like today's podcast, you might find some of my other work helpful. The best way to stay up on all of what I do is to subscribe to my email list. I email about twice a month with a new blog post and links to other things that I think will be of benefit in your spiritual journey. I will never spam you or sell your info. If you subscribe now, there's a link in the notes, you'll get a free six-week email course called Journaling for Spiritual Growth. Journaling has been life-changing for me. And this course is my best material on how to use journaling as a tool for growing. This isn't about keeping a diary. It's not just for writers and artistic people. It's not just something that women will benefit from. This is the bottom line truth. We don't grow by having life experiences. We grow by reflecting on our life experiences. And journaling is hands down the best way to do that. So subscribe to my email list and you'll get this resource for free that'll help you get started with this great tool for inner growth. I'd also be grateful if you would take a moment to rate or review this podcast on iTunes or on Apple's podcast app, since that is one of the best ways to help this grow. Your review helps other people discover the podcast, and that helps me get more content out to people, and that helps other people find a path of spiritual growth. And of course, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, including all the links and scriptures that I mentioned at www.markallenchelsky.com forward slash TAW013. Until next time. Remember, in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, and you are not alone.